This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, one of the coolest things about running tent and aquatics is that we are what is known in the business world as a niche business. That is, we serve a specialized area of the aquarium hobby, people who are interested in creating more natural looking and functioning aquatic displays. It's a tiny little niche. And as such, we not only offer products catering to a specific area of interest in the aquarium hobby, we provide inspiration and information to help cultivate new ideas and advancements that you know keep things fresh and progressive. And with this obsession about serving a specialized area of interest, we've have a keen understanding of what our community is interested in, you guys want. And I'm quite proud of the fact that we did our small part to help bring, you know, Blackwater Botanical Method Aquariums out of the metaphorical shadows and help curate and disseminate new and hopefully more nuanced information and best practices kind of stuff about working with these specialized systems, helping along the way to dispel some of the long-held misconceptions and misinformation, which likely kept more hobbyists from playing with them in the first place. It's like that with a lot of specialty areas within the hobby. You, you could literally pick one or even a dozen little aquarium niches and find a whole lot of great people doing cool stuff and sharing their experiences and an equal amount of disinformation, secondhand you know, tips, misinformation, and outright bullshit. <laughs> the other day I was having an email exchange with a member of our community who was sort of lamenting the fact that the brackish water area of the hobby is still in sort of that emerging phase, essentially a victim of decades of, you know, scant hobby information, focus on the most superficial aspects and secondhand reports of stuff. It was and is common to see discussion about brackish water aquariums on forums prefaced with sentences like, I've heard that, you know, that phrase typically turns me off. In fact, often it makes me want to barf. <laughs> it's part of the modern narrative of the keyboard benefactor in the hobby. Often a well-intended sharing of information by a hobbyist who has little or no personal information or direct information about the subject being discussed. And what it leads to is further dissemination of often shaky, many times incomplete, and often simply wrong or speculative information. In short, these kinds of well-intended attempts at helping often have the exact opposite effect. They often contain information which discourages interested hobbyists from moving forward into the niche that they're kind of into. And that's a real tragedy, in my opinion. One of the questions which I'm often asked by the uninitiated to our little niche is, why do you add this stuff to your aquariums? It's a truly foundational question, of course, yet one which literally makes us think through the whole entire process. Obviously, we can go into the answer in great detail, but I think that we've more or less covered the why part of the equation since day one of tannin. So I won't go on and on about that today. Suffice it to say, we play with botanicals in our aquariums because they help us replicate in some manner the processes and conditions which occur in natural aquatic ecosystems. It's as simple and as complex as that. 
It's about replicating the function and the look of nature, and most important, helping to understand why these natural habitats operate the way they do and how they formed. And the most important thing is not to get too far out in front of this stuff and make wild assumptions. Although we can replicate some aspects of nature, we don't have the technical means, at least as a, at a hobby level, to verify all of the impacts of utilizing botanical materials on our aquariums. We just don't. And we simply don't have a complete understanding of every single function of a natural aquatic ecosystem and all of their functions and interactions. And we simply don't know everything about botanicals and their use in our aquariums. And that's okay. But to that end, you'll note that in this podcast and elsewhere, you won't see us making wild, broad assertions about botan what botanicals can and cannot do in aquariums. Um, Rather, you know, we can report on the impacts that we can see and can quantify in our own aquariums and research the potential impacts that these materials have. We can also study the botanical materials which accumulate in natural aquatic habitats and attempt to understand their influences upon them. We can ask questions, entertain hypotheses, and yeah, experiment. However, we don't make assertions about them, and we discourage our community not to either. We, we can't. We, we shouldn't. I hate exaggerations. I hate the perpetuation of myths and the attribution of all kinds of capabilities to techniques and products and stuff in the hobby, which are only marginally based in fact, especially when these ideas are pushed out by people who quite honestly may not have all the facts. They definitely don't have the personal experience and probably not the background to back them up. These things, no matter how well-intentioned, become really detrimental to the hobby. Now, look, I'm not trying to be negative, and I realize that many times these things are offered up, again, with very good intentions, not with some nefarious purpose in mind. I mean, sure, sometimes you'll see someone who has a vested interest in selling something, and they'll proffer some kind of weird ideas, which flat out sucks. I think it's more beneficial in the long run to simply acknowledge that you don't have 100% certainty about the benefits of whatever it is you're selling, but there are interesting results and potential benefits, and that encourages responsible experimentation. That's what we've done. I can't tell you every single thing that botanicals can do. I can tell you the bad, the good, the ugly, and what I know. And that's what we do. And I think that's just fine if you communicate this effectively and openly. In our little niche, it's led to a tremendous amount of participation and good information being created for the hobby. We as a brand uh, and us as a community share our successes, our challenges, and our outright failures pretty openly. I like that. We all learn together. We don't simply parrot each other, regurgitating secondhand information, and I think that's super cool. Unfortunately, in the aquarium hobby, it's not uncommon to see straight-up regurgitation by otherwise well-intended hobbyists making you know, strong assertions or statements about this stuff, good or bad, uh, and they simply don't bother to do their due diligence and research the facts themselves before pushing it out into the web with you know personal commentary. Often these people have no firsthand knowledge of or experience with the stuff that they're pushing out. You know, the aquarium equivalent of retweeting something just because. Well, that sucks too, right? It sucks because it doesn't really add to the body of knowledge that we're trying so hard to communicate and accumulate. It sucks because it can perpetuate secondhand knowledge that may or may not even be accurate. It hurt our little niche for years. In fact, it simply discouraged it from really evolving for many decades. No one was really jumping in with gusto and the desire to progress, evolve, and expand on the limited information that was out there. As a result, the limited and often shaky information that was already out there flourished and became the standard bearer of our little niche. And it took a long time to tear a lot of that down. And that kind of stuff's actually kind of tragic in a lot of ways. Simply perpetuating this stuff 
can really inhibit those who want to push forward carefully from even doing so or just being afraid to share their efforts. People are often afraid of getting their ideas and their experiences out there. Being first to do something in the aquarium hobby can be real scary sometimes. Lots of people are, you know, skeptics or armchair critics who simply live to trash other people who are trying something different. I see a lot. And I think it's okay to be the first to do something previously seen as crazy or risky or unorthodox in the hobby. Someone has to be the first to accomplish something, right? Someone who can overlook the negativity and all the smack talk and fly in the face of convention while taking that low, you know, road less traveled. That's how we progress. That's how we'll continue to progress in the hobby. And more important, this is how we inspire a new generation of hobbyists to follow our lead for the benefit of both the hobby and the animals that we love so much. We can't dispense advice to fellow hobbyists with the dogmatic act attitude that discourages progress or deviation from your know, thought or responsible experimentation. It'll simply stagnate the progress of this hobby that we love so much. And of course, my call to arms to ply new niches in the hobby comes with the request that you temper this with common sense. I'm not advocating the abandonment of common sense and healthy skepticism when you try something new. Everybody shouldn't make a mad dash to the local fish store to assemble schools of you know, black diamond stingrays in their 50-gallon aquariums. What I am pushing is that we, and by we, I mean every one of us in the hobby, should encourage fellow hobbyists who want to experiment and question conventional wisdom to follow their dreams. If somebody has an idea, a theory, and some good basic you know, hobby experience, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Yes, there is the sad fact that some animals might be lost in the process. It sucks. It's hard to reconcile that and harder to stand by, you know, when animals are dying. However, sometimes that might be the cost of progress. The cost of not progressing might be far higher. And that being the loss of, you know, countless species in the wild whose habitats are being destroyed. While those of us, perhaps with some skills, dreams, and respect for the animals, sit by idly and watch them die, failing to even attempt captive husbandry and propagation for fear of, you know, criticism and fear of failure and all that goes with it from the masses. There's been a very real talk over the years about making the importation and possibly the distribution of live corals and some fishes illegal in many nations. It's not that unrealistic a possibility. Who knows what opportunities might be missed if we fail to pursue our goals? This is definitely bound to happen in freshwater at some point, too. Let's just keep working together to push the state of the hobby farther than ever, backed up with facts and personal experiences. Of course, you should share, you know, share your theories and your hypotheses, but you should identify them as such. And guess what? When we aren't sure about something, there's absolutely no shame in saying, well, we're just not sure. Everybody wins that way, especially the animals that we love so much and the habitats that we're fascinated by. And there's something really interesting about our hobby work, especially in our little niche. Example, well, there's been a fair amount of research and speculation by both scientists and hobbyists about the processes which occur when terrestrial materials like leaves and botanical items enter aquatic environments, and most of it's based on field observations by scientists and ecologists. As hobbyists, we actually have a unique opportunity to observe firsthand the impact and effects of this material in our own aquariums. I love this aspect of our practice as it creates really interesting possibilities to embrace and create more naturally functioning systems while possibly even validating the field work done by scientists. So we're doing our own field work in our own homes. It goes without saying that there's implications for both the biology and chemistry of the aquatic habitats when leaves and other botanical materials enter them. We know that. That was learned by experimentation. That is the value of experimenting, pushing outwards, plying the niches in the backwaters of the aquarium hobby. We can do this. We should all keep doing this. Don't be afraid. Cast off. 
<laughs> stay brave, stay curious, stay unabashed, stay confident, stay open-minded, stay humble, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.